Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbiwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into, you know, quite an interesting uh, topic, and that's around uh, financial immigration, that's around internationalization of assets, uh, that's just around, uh, you know, the movement of money um, around the world, especially in an increasingly globalized world. It's, uh, become, it's become much, much easier uh, back uh, than it was back in the day uh, to move one's uh, money, finances and assets um, around the world. And we're just going to be talking about some of those trends, uh, particularly from a South African point of view, trying to understand uh, what it means and whether or not we see other similar trends happening in other parts of the world. To give us some insight, we are joined uh, by uh, Seamus uh, Rocker, who is uh, the CEO of uh, Zappo. And uh, he is is going to be just giving us a little bit of insight into what all of this means. Seamus, uh, greetings to you today. Thank you for having me, Bidewa. Um, if I just may ask, because I do know that you guys uh, operate uh, in Europe, where are you joining us from today? I'm in Johannesburg today. I'm in the Blockchain Africa conference. Uh, I, I wanted to come down and, and just meet you know, people here in the blockchain industry, it's a, it's a place that innovates at a very uh, high pace. So, you know, finding out what other people are up to, what people are doing um, is always interesting, always helpful. And I've never been to a blockchain conference in Africa before. This is my first. And uh, I thought I'd come down for it and be here face to face. Uh, now, now, Seamus, uh, you guys are Zappo Private Bank, right? And uh, our understanding when it comes to financial services um, is the fact that there tends to be a lot of regulation, um, you know, around, you know, banks, you know, and this is not only in South Africa, but around the world. I think financial services is probably one of the most regulated um, industries that we have, um, you know, out there in the world. Uh, outside of that, then, uh, we also have of uh the fact that there tend to be, you know, all those strict laws around what a bank is and how it operates. And we're used to, you know, banks being confined to physical locations and all of that. But you're saying that you can operate, um, you know, as a remote business and be a bank at the same time. What does that, how is that even possible? Yeah, good question. So imagine, you know, most people understand Swiss banks. You know, Swiss banks are private banks, and even though they're based in Switzerland, um, they're known as a jurisdiction where wealthy people can go to Switzerland and open up a private bank account with the likes of a Julius Bar or UBS or Credit Suisse or what have you. Um, so you don't need to be Swiss to do that. You just have to go to Switzerland, and normally for a private bank account, you maybe need to have $5 million, $10 million of assets. So it's really for the rich and ultra-wealthy that can open bank accounts in, in Switzerland. Um, why? Because it's not illegal for a South African, for a Brazilian, for anybody to open up a bank account in, in Switzerland. Um, what is What you can't do is for a Swiss bank to sort of advertise and solicit in any jurisdiction. So everybody knows uh, Switzerland, so they don't need to solicit. People actively go looking for a, a private banking solution in, in Switzerland. But like I said before, it's very much for the rich and the ultra wealthy. So what we wanted to do at Zappo is, well, why should it only be for the rich? Why can't we do something similar 
um, but do it much more for the mass affluent. Do it for, for people who want to have their money offshore, who see value in having a dollar bank account, but they also see Bitcoin as a store of wealth, as the ability to not have to worry about um, any government, about, uh, about not having to worry about uh, any type of regulation that might affect them. Uh, and as a result, you've got that, that option. So essentially what we're doing is we bridge that idea of a Swiss bank with Bitcoin based in, a, in an offshore jurisdiction, which is Gibraltar. And what we do is rather than ask you to fly to Gibraltar to open an account there, we use technology. So you can onboard digitally from anywhere. So essentially we will ask you to scan your passport. We will ask you to take a selfie so we can validate your facial recognition against the passport. We will ask for your geolocation of your phone and, uh, so we can validate where you live and also validate that you live in the country that you say that you live so that, for example, you're not in an OFAC-sanctioned country. Um, so we essentially leverage the amazing technology that we have today to take this idea of uh, the Swiss private bank to the next level uh, and making it much more digital and making it much more accessible to everyone. Now, with that type of description in mind and actually understanding what it is that you guys do, um, there's a couple of things that I'm quite curious uh, to understand um, as a quick follow-up. The first one uh, being uh, when we talk mass affluent, you know, what does that actually mean or entail? Is there a threshold in terms of uh, assets, net worth and the like? Uh, because I think at the beginning you alluded to people that are earning, let's say, $5 million, who have $5 million and above um, as uh, being your typical private banking, you know, type of clients. Um, so for that, you know, could you give us that clarity? Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, that's very much the Swiss banking model. Like I said, the, the sort of ultra high net worth individuals. For us, mass affluent is somebody that earns seventy five to $100,000 equivalent or has you know $20,000 or more in savings. And we don't have a minimum threshold of investments. We have a recommendation. So being a private bank, it is a subscription service, so it's not free. Um, you have to pay to become a member. And right now, the cost of that is $150. So given that we pay you 4% for your dollar account, we give you 1% cash back on anything you spend on your card, we pay you 1% on the Bitcoin you keep with us. For you to see value in the account, if you have a minimum of $10,000 of assets, then the interest of the account is going to cover the costs of the account. It's going to be a, a real uh, a profitable investment for you because the cost is, is quite low and the more assets you have, of course, the more interest you earn, and therefore the, the subscription cost is almost a, a rounding error. Um, so, like I said, we don't have a minimum threshold, but we have a recommendation of uh, $10,000 or up. All right. I think that uh, gives us a little bit of an idea. And if I do some quick maths, it means that, uh, you know, for um, our South African audience, you're looking at, uh, you know, people that are earning, you know, from about uh, 1 million rand, uh, you know, give or take uh, 1 million rand. Uh, yeah. If, if we're looking at $75,000, um, you know, going up roughly 1 million rand um, in terms of, uh, I guess, I guess, earning. Things. 
um and then yeah uh, going up that's a that's yeah so i i get what you mean because i'm sure there's way more people that then fit into that particular bracket going up uh than they are at uh yeah at the five million dollar uh mark which would equate to roughly 80 85 million rand um here in south africa so with that in mind then one of the key things that we want to understand from you is are South Africans, because there is a reason why you are in South Africa and, the reason, and there is a reason why you also service South African clients, it means that you guys, there is some demand of some sort, you know, coming from a country like South Africa. Are you able to give us some insight into, you know, some of the things that we are seeing in terms of South Africans moving their money um, offshore or perhaps engaging private banking services such as yours? Sure. Well, I, I would say, Madiwa, that it is very much a, a global phenomenon. We have countries from, uh, sorry, customers and members of our private bank um, from over 50 countries. And, you know, the profile of, of, of our members is mostly emerging markets. So if you think places like Argentina, places like Mexico, um, we see a lot of demand from countries like Lebanon and Nigeria. And there's always an underlying theme you know, when, whenever there's political turmoil in a country or wherever there's uh, economic turmoil and maybe the local currency is devaluing uh, and, uh, you know, it's essentially affecting people's wealth, um, people will start looking for an alternative solution. Sometimes it is Bitcoin and people will buy Bitcoin because it's a well-known fact that Bitcoin is sovereign. You know, you cannot change the Bitcoin protocol very easily, so no government can control that. Nobody can decide to print more Bitcoin. So from, a, from that perspective, there's not like a government that can print more money, like we're seeing all over the world with inflation going up. So Bitcoin is seen as a sort of, uh, as a haven, as a flight to quality and, and sort of wealth. But the, the issue with, with Bitcoin to this day is obviously that there's a lot of price volatility. So the ability to be able to, well, the price is very volatile, maybe I want to hold dollars instead. The only option today is really to do that in an exchange. And an exchange is not a bank. It's not as secure as a, as a deposit institution that's got a lot of risk controls that has to think about where it deposits your money. So from that perspective, that's why we set up CyberBank. We give people the choice to say, look, there's you know, nothing wrong with you know, deciding that you want to keep your money in your country. If you want to do that, by all means. But if you're worried about it, if you're worried about, for example, in you know, Lebanon, the government decided to confiscate deposits from banks. So you have people literally going to banks trying to steal their own money, which is almost sounds a bit ridiculous, but it's well documented. You can read about it in Bloomberg, right? So it's a real phenomenon that, you know, as we see rates going up, we see inflation rising, uh, we see you know, particularly in emerging markets, that affects uh, the export power of a country and therefore there's a bit of a trade imbalance. Local currency might start to devalue political unrest for whatever the issue might be. You know, the world is a big place. Um, all these themes are, are quite common. Um, and we're seeing as a result, a lot of demand from you know, Argentina, from Nigeria, and even South Africa. We are seeing increased demand from, from South Africa because you know, we're seeing turmoil in the U.S. banking system. We're seeing uh, turmoil with FTX, with the collapse of FTX. We're seeing political turmoil in, in a lot of countries. We're seeing uh, devaluation and, and inflation in a lot of emerging market countries. And we feel that we provide a, a, a safe place to protect your wealth. 
Uh, You are certainly correct that there is a lot of um, angst in the market, Um, you know, just thinking about what's going on right now in the banking sector. um, I'm thinking about SVB, uh, that's the Silicon Valley Bank. I'm thinking about, I think, uh, people are worried, you know, about Credit Suisse. Um, There's uh, there's a lot that's going on in the market. Uh, But one of the things that becomes a, a big talking point then is, Asset classes. You guys have decided that uh, Bitcoin is going to be one of those things uh, that people can use as a store of value. Um, Characterizing what you said earlier on about uh, the fact that uh, there's a global trend of uh, high net worth individuals, you know, deciding that they're going to uh, diversify, move their money, you know, across the world. Uh, because, you know, of political turmoil, maybe currency devaluations and the like. And when things like that happen, you tend to see um, investors or at least these types of individuals looking at certain asset classes, gold, silver, certain commodities, stocks, bonds, you know, that type of thing. Um, Could you talk to us just around, uh, I guess, the growth um, of Bitcoin as, uh, you know, one of these asset classes. And I'm very interested in this simply because is the bet on Bitcoin or is the bet that a cryptocurrency is going to be one of those safe haven assets that people will be able to park their money in, especially just given uh, the volatility that we have seen um, when it comes to, you know, the Bitcoin market over the last year? Well, I think you know, if you look at Bitcoin uh, in itself, it's gone through quite a wild ride over the last seven years. Um, you know, not only in terms of price, but also in terms of adoption. Uh, you know, large institutions wouldn't even touch it five years ago. They're all hovering around it now, trying to understand blockchain, trying to understand the crypto space and trying to, to, to serve really the, the, the crypto space. But in my view, Bitcoin stands head and shoulders above the rest of crypto. You know, crypto is quite a widely used term. You know, NFT is a is a is crypto. A stablecoin is crypto. Um, smart contracts are crypto. But if you think about Bitcoin, this idea that um, you have a store of value that is secure and it is the you know by far the most secure uh, blockchain database in the world today through through its hash rate and, and, and power. Um, if you think about the fact that it's sovereign, that it cannot be changed, so you cannot print more Bitcoin, and the fact that it cannot be controlled uh, by a government, it can be regulated, and you can regulate the touch point in and out of Bitcoin, which is the right thing to do, but you cannot really regulate Bitcoin itself because it's digital. So from that perspective, it almost feels like, you know, I would never recommend that anybody you know, remortgage their house and put all their money in Bitcoin, but it would almost feel um prudent to at least have some exposure to bitcoin you know one percent of your of your savings because the downside um is you know there's a, maybe a 20 percent chance that, that bitcoin goes to zero but the reality is that there's a much bigger probability than over the next 10 years it goes to one million so from that perspective you know it, it's it's a bet worth making the other thing that it helps us with is it, it it almost helps us replace traditional rails. You know, we've, we've just started USDC as a way of you know, sending us dollars and, and make, be able to make payments in, in, in USDC. Uh, but we do that straight in and out of the dollar bank account. Uh, with Bitcoin, we do it straight in and out of our cold storage and our vaults to keep them safe. Uh, 
So it, it allows people to be able to choose what they want to do with their wealth uh, in a much more uh, self-controlled way. You know, in a traditional bank, you have to you know, talk to an account manager, please do this for me, maybe ask for permission, maybe it takes a few days. Uh, we give you the choice to do all these things uh, yourself in the app, and you're in control. And what we want to do in terms of asset classes is, well, we understand fully that Bitcoin is not for everyone. Um, so on the banking side, we, we want to evolve our product and, and very soon you're going to be seeing much more traditional products like the ones you've just mentioned. So we're going to bring out a wealth product that is going to allow you to buy and sell and hold uh, traditional stocks. So you know, Apple, Tesla, whatever, uh, maybe some uh, exchange traded funds um, and maybe some other crypto like Ethereum in there. Um, so as a result, the whole premise is we're here to protect your wealth, but also to help you invest and invest safely. We're not a we're not an exchange. We're not here to help you, you know, day trade or gamble on what might go up or down, you know, the next day. Uh, we want you to think of Zappo as a as a place to grow your wealth. That's why we're a private bank, and we we give you the choice as to what you want to do with your money, as opposed to being at the mercy of either you know governments, banks. Um, or other things that are outside of your control. So given, so as we're rounding up then, um, Seamus, very keen to understand uh, from what you're seeing, your outlook, um, especially for people that might be interested in these types of uh, services. Um, you know, what are you guys seeing in the market? And what are the, I guess, the, what is the advice to, to people in South Africa, for example, other emerging markets, just around what to do at the moment um, in terms of either preserving your wealth um, or, you know, finding, you know, ways to actually grow, you know, that wealth, especially um, when you're coming from, you know, what seem to be uh, rather volatile types of environments. Well, look, um, if, if I could answer that question, I, I, I would be a very rich man, Madiwa, and I probably wouldn't be here talking to you. So, no, it's, look, it's very difficult for me to sort of, you know, uh, I don't want to be seen to be given financial advice and say, hey, you know, this is, this is what South Africans or any other nation or people should be doing. Um, but what I, can, what I can tell you is that, you know, this is my view, the, the economic landscape globally, not just in South Africa, but globally over the next couple of years is going to be a worldwide. Um, we're seeing interest rates going up because of inflation for the first time over a decade. We're seeing some major banks on the brink of collapse. Um, we're seeing the knock-on effects of those uh, increased interest rates, particularly in dollars, on emerging markets and, and uh, the devaluation of those currencies and how that can lead to political and economic unrest. But there is a positive, there's a silver lining there, and that is that the world is much more globalized than it ever was before. Once upon a time, and myself included, you know, when I was 18, I, I had to sort of leave my home time to look for work, to look for opportunities. Talented people are always in demand. That's why we're a remote company, because you can find good talent everywhere in the world. It's no longer true that you have to move and emigrate to protect your wealth. There are options out there like Bitcoin or Zappo or other alternatives that have to be Zappo that will help you protect your wealth. That doesn't mean that you have to move. And, it, uh, you know, and in terms of work, you can work remotely. So you can, by all means, stay in South Africa. 
but work for you know companies somewhere else in the world, right? So, you know, once upon a time, if you were earning a million rand, you were doing really well. Um, but through no fault of your own, you might be worried about evaluation, political unrest, or whatever. Now you don't need to leave South Africa. You can work remotely and find a safe place for to, to keep your money. You still need to pay your taxes here in, in South Africa or whatever country you live in, and you're still contributing to the economy because you've got to spend money in the local economy. Uh, but it no longer holds true that by um, you know keeping uh, money in the country and keeping people tied to where they work, uh, that is certainly something that I think is going to change drastically over the next 10 years. We saw it a little bit through COVID, but I think with the state of the economy over the next few years, um, remote work and um, and this sort of nomad type of uh, lifestyle where you can work in one place and get paid from being somewhere else is going to be on the, on the rise. So that's been it, you know, really great uh, discussion uh, with uh, Seamus just around uh, uh, the world of private banking and some of the ways that uh, Zappos is actually trying to disrupt uh, the conventional model uh, that is uh, often thought about when we think about uh, private banking, moving it from um, your ultra high net worth individuals, you know, to uh, what's being uh, termed the mass affluent, uh, you know, roughly looking at people in that uh, 75 to a hundred thousand uh, dollar range and above and then you know trying to see if you can bring down and actually make uh, some of these uh, services more accessible uh, Seamus actually giving us some insight to say that globally uh, there is a huge move uh, particularly from people in emerging um, in emerging markets that are doing well who sense a little bit of, of volatility want to be able to protect um, and grow their wealth uh, looking at uh, private banking services in places like uh, you know you've got you some of your 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 Swiss models, but now uh, there's a lot of uh, change that's happening. Uh, looking at Bitcoin as as a haven, you know, type of asset, and um, one of the things that uh, Seamus is highlighting is that uh, the growth potential that uh, something like Bitcoin offers is uh, you know is probably a, a good thing. You know, when you measure it against uh, some of the more established type of uh, safe havens out there not to say that uh, you know some of these traditional asset classes uh, don't have value because they are going to be moving into uh, some of these for themselves such as uh, your your stocks uh, but you know just to say that uh, there is things like your cryptocurrencies which can uh, which do not have one person uh, that is controlling them particularly uh, from a government point of view so that is uh, you know one of those things from a value point of view that is helping to protect and then uh, lastly, you know, just uh, talking about uh, some of the trends, um, you know, when we talk about um, what's going on in terms of people moving their money, um, he's saying that instead of giving financial advice, because, uh, you know, we'd all be a rich, we'd all be rich people, um, you know, at uh, this particular point, some of the principles, uh, the principles are more important to say that just look at the environment and just educate yourself as to see uh, what the, some of the best options are going to be and how you can protect your wealth so that's been it uh, we were talking uh, to to Seamus Rocker who is the CEO of uh, Zappo Private Banks uh, Seamus thank you so much for being with us today thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed the conversation
And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from us, and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.